Today's episode of The Sellouts is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think Big Ten tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with Game Time, the ticket buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. Game Time is the leader in last minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. So download GameTime in the App Store or on Google Play, work that clock to your advantage, and score last-minute tickets. Memorial Stadium. Since 1962. Since 1962. A sellout crowd. A sellout crowd. All sold out. Hey, we sold out, but we still saved you a seat. The sellout. With Mitch Sherman and Max Olson. Hi, and welcome to another edition of The Sellouts. I'm Mitch Sherman covering Nebraska for The Athletic. Max Olson, national college football writer for The Athletic, is with me. Well, winter apparently has arrived in Nebraska. Max, can you confirm this from your location in Lincoln? <laughs> uh, I just uh, went out and walked the dog. And, you know, it's funny, I. Uh, I've I've been looking forward to to sweatshirt weather here, but we've jumped right past that into coat weather. Have you? Uh, and now I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid it this weekend because I'm gonna go down to uh, sunny Dallas for Oklahoma. I don't want to hear that. But um, how's your how's your packing going for uh, for Minneapolis? What have, what have you, you you got the big heavy heavy coat packed away? Yeah, I haven't gotten it out of the closet yet. I haven't gotten my suitcase out yet. I'm still working. It's uh it's a crazy Thursday, so. Uh, let's mittens? get to, maybe maybe yeah, some scarves. It's gonna, it's you, you it's gonna, the whole thing? I'm not I'm not a scarf person, but it's going to have to be something <laughs> like that. I'm taking gloves for sure. So, all right, today on the podcast, Max and I are going to get into developments here in Week Seven out of Lincoln. We'll make predictions for Nebraska's aforementioned trip to Minneapolis and Minnesota TCF Bank Stadium with kickoff set on FS1 for 6:30 p.m. Saturday night. But first, everyone knows about Nebraska's kicking woes this season. It took a turn for the better last week, but the situation remains precarious. And with all of that in mind, I sat down this week with arguably the most accomplished place kicker in Nebraska football history. That is Chris Brown. And here is that interview in full. Okay, I am excited today to be joined by one of my personal favorite former Nebraska football players, and not just because I buy coffee and breakfast sandwiches and donuts for my kids more often than I am willing to admit from him. Of course, I am talking about Chris Brown, the second all-time leading scorer in Nebraska football history. Chris was drafted back in 1999 by the Pittsburgh Steelers, played 11 seasons primarily for Pittsburgh and the Houston Texans was uh, an all-pro kicker with Houston in 2007 and is now retired living in Omaha and the franchisee of 12 12 Dunkin Donuts stores including one right around the corner from my house so that is uh, that's great and it's always good to see Chris and important uh, you know I wanted to bring him on this week um, because of Nebraska's kicking situation and of course, the the Huskers won on a on a twenty four yard field goal last week by Lane McCallum, the third or fourth string place kicker, depending on how you uh, analyze the Nebraska depth chart. 
Uh, it's been a, a, a pretty tumultuous season, maybe as tumultuous as you can remember for the place-kicking position at Nebraska. And we know about Barrett Pickering being hurt before the season and Dylan Jorgensen hurt early in the year. I think people wonder sometimes how kickers get hurt and how they take care of themselves. Uh, so to start, Chris, what's the what's the regiment like for you? What was it like when you were in college and, and of course, in the NFL and just keeping yourself healthy as a kicker? It, it, it's probably not as easy as as uh, I think most people would, would expect. Yeah, I mean, I, I think definitely, you know, you, there's a balance. I mean, there's a balance of making sure that um, you're doing um, what you need to be doing from a from a workout standpoint during the week. Um, you know, in the weight room, because you certainly don't want to, uh, especially when this when you get into the season and, and it becomes a, a long grinding season, you certainly don't want to lose any strength. And so I, th- I think the most important thing, first off, is to, is to get in the weight room and do something regularly in a routine, um, you know, where you're lifting and you get on a good schedule. Uh, and you have to you have to balance that with on the days that you're kicking. So you certainly don't want to go do some crazy heavy leg lift on a day that you've got a bunch of kicking. So you've got to figure out, okay, what are the days I'm going to kick and then manage, you know, your workouts around that. Um, you certainly have to do a ton of stretching is a big part of, of staying healthy. Um, you know, I, I do, a, I'd get into the, the, um, cold tubs every day after practice. Um, and just making sure that, um, when you do go out and kick and you're out there in on the practice field, that you're, you're, you know, 100% warmed up. You've got to really do a good job of getting loose. It's almost like a, in some ways, it's kind of like a pitcher, you know, getting warmed up before you, you, you get out on the mound to start a game. And so you have to do a really good job of making sure that you take enough warm-up kicks uh, before you, you start going at 100% um, so that when you do get into into your into your practice that you're, you know, you're ready to go. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that you got to, you got to navigate and balance. Um, and there, it is a, a lot more difficult than what people think. Um, you know, it's not as if you just walk out there and just kick. So, right there, there clearly there's a lot that goes into it. So, uh, you know, injuries happen to kickers, not often that you see multiple kickers on one team who get hurt in the same season. W- what have you thought in, in following this? I know you still follow Nebraska closely. What have you thought in, in, in following the way that this has gone? And I mean, is, is, is it you generally just chalk this up to, um, pretty pretty considerable bad luck that they've had two of these guys go down at one time and 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 in long term injuries. I mean Pickering has been out since August, so um, you know not not just a, a small tweak that he can come back from in a week or two. Yeah, I mean honestly, I think this is just a. I mean, I think it's a statistical anomaly. I don't think that you know I can't ever remember in my entire career, both college and NFL, where you know a team had this many injuries you know, at this particular position, you know, so uh, I think it's just a, it's just a, a string of bad luck and, and they've done, uh, you know, a very good job of managing it as best they can. I mean, it's unfortunately one of those positions where you can't just plug somebody in to go block somebody or maybe to try to go tackle somebody. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a different, it brings a different set of challenges because there is a specialty to it and, you know, you can't just send anybody out there to, to kick the ball. So I think they've done as good a job as they, as they possibly can managing it, um, you know, especially when you get out there and, um, you know, you, you, you have a 24-yarder to win a game, you know, from, from everything that I've read. I don't know that, that, you know, he's ever had a game-winning kick. So um, just to be able to manage those emotions and, yeah. and deal with, you know, the pressure of going out there and having that, you know, that be on the line, 
you know, I think it was just it was remarkable to see that they were able to come through. Yeah, um, McCallum ha- has never made a kick in that situation. <laughs> Certainly never in college. I mean, he had some some kicks. I think that helped factor in in uh, the outcome of games at, at Norfolk High School, but had had only attempted three field goals as a college kicker before the game winner on, on Saturday, and two of those hit the upright. So, <laughs> not. Not uh, ideal for Nebraska to send him out there in, in a tie game uh, with three seconds left on the clock. What, what's the pressure like in that situation? You've kicked numerous field goals like that, you know, from a lot longer distances than, than 24 yards. But, you know, I think people see that and it basically is an extra point. But I'm sure the, the, the feeling for a kicker in that spot is very different than an extra point in the second quarter when you know that the game is on the line. And in this case, he had been iced through three timeouts by Northwestern coach Pat Fitzgerald. Yeah, I, I think that that what you have to do is you have to just go through the same routine that you're going through. As you mentioned, you know, he, it was a 24-yarder, essentially an extra point. Um, and you have to tell yourself, look, this is exactly like the extra point that I kicked in the first quarter. There's no difference. Um, and so it, what happens is if you start thinking about, you know, the circumstances of the game, it's the fourth quarter, it's the last play of the game. If we make it, we win. If I miss it, we lose. You've got to just erase all those thoughts and just do the exact same thing that you did in the first quarter. Um, or on the field goal that you had, I think, in the second quarter, I think it was a 35-yarder. He had a really yeah. good ball in the, yeah. in the second quarter. Yeah. So. You just try to get yourself into that um, same mindset and go through that same routine and not allow yourself mentally uh, to, to drift down the path of, of, you know, thinking about all of the circumstances in the game. And, you know, it, 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 that's a skill. It, it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to get yourself, you know, to consciously think, OK, I just need to do what I did in, in, in earlier in the game. And, and it just takes practice. Yeah. Every every week, I think Scott Frost or or Javon Dewitt, the special teams coordinator, has been asked about Pickering and you know when's he coming back and you know we don't as media get to see practice and not sure if he's going out there and, and going through reps or if he's really st- started working his leg back. But um, it's I, I know it's not as easy as just being healthy and saying okay the week I'm healthy now I'm going to go out there and, and be the kicker again. What kind of um, what kind of of work is required for a kicker when there is an injury and he does actually get back out there on the field to practice to actually get himself in game shape so that his leg is ready to go through what's required in a game and, and be able to kick a 50-yard field goal if necessary? Yeah, I, Honestly, I think the biggest hurdle that you have to overcome really has nothing to do with the injury itself physically. I think it's mentally. It's getting out on the field and it's trusting that whatever injury you've you've you know been rehabbing for however long – is fully healed and ready to go. I think that a lot of times, I know there was a couple of, of instances late in my NFL career where I was hurt, you know, and and that was the hardest part for me was mentally trusting that the injury was healed and that I wasn't going to have any adverse effects from it. Mm-hmm. So my suspicion is when Barrett's ready to go, um, that will be the, the hardest thing for him. It's not necessarily physically can he go out there and do it. I mean, mm-hmm. most Division One scholarship kickers can go out there uh, and hit a pretty decently long field goal, you know, uh, as long as they're they're relatively healthy. Um, you know, a 45-yarder is probably, you know, easily done. Mm-hmm. But mentally, you know, coming off of an injury, especially for something this long, can he go out there and trust that the injury is fully healed? That's going to be the, the biggest hurdle for him to overcome. The injuries for Nebraska at place kicker began before the season and then grew worse 
leading up to week two and, and during week two at Colorado as Dylan Jorgensen, the backup, went down with an injury. You've had Isaac Armstrong give it a go, the punter, uh, trying to play place kicker. And then Nebraska went so far in September as to audition a couple of club soccer players at the university for a role on the team as a kicker. And and one of those club soccer players, uh, Matt Waldock, earned a spot on the roster before Nebraska's trip to Illinois. He did not make that trip, but he did suit up, was ready to go against Ohio State and Northwestern in home games. Doubt that that he will be on the road at Minnesota, but there is the possibility that he could get called into action at Memorial Stadium. Now, he mentioned to Scott Frost that he's ready for this because he's played soccer in front of crowds as large as 50 people. Um, obviously, somewhat different than, than 90,000 at Memorial Stadium. So, Chris, what, what kind of challenges would go into Matt Waldock's readiness, his preparedness, if he were asked to go out there at Memorial Stadium and, and do this in a much different environment than a Tuesday morning at the Hawks Championship Center. Well, I think just the just the element of the atmosphere. You know, it's it's game day is different, obviously, than than you know any regular practice day. So, just the atmosphere first and foremost. You know, you've got a stadium full of people. Um, you know, I think that you've also got. I mean, a lot of people are focused on the kicker, and obviously, rightfully so. But we have to also remember that there's a whole other operation here. I mean, you got a snap and a hold. And you got protection and, you know, there is a certain rhythm to that. There's a rhythm to that snap and hold. And, you know, I think that that you don't think of of how important those, you know, two things play in this in the success of of making a field goal. And so, you know, it's making sure those guys have gotten enough reps in, you know, just, you know, the three of them, the snapper, the holder and the kicker um, to establish a good rhythm. So, you know, there's timing. Um, you know, you, you certainly want, you know, that, to, that whole operation to, to come off in a certain amount of time. And so, uh, I mean, it's not as if you have, you know, all day back there to, to get the ball off. So, um, so there, there's, there's a lot of factors, you know, that I think play into evaluating whether or not somebody could come off the street, you know, like you said, that just played in front of 50 people in high school to uh, a stadium full of, of, you know, 70, 80, 90,000 people. So, um, you know, I think that, my guess is over the last couple of weeks, they've been able to, to kind of figure that out and get some of that rhythm down. Um, and if he's got a, a strong enough leg to, to be able to kick a, a 45 yarder, then I, my, my guess is at some point we may see, may, may see him in the game. Yeah. One thing about Lane McCallum that has been well documented is that he's a good athlete, um, was, a, was a standout basketball player, soccer player, um, and, and actually returned to Nebraska as a transfer from Air Force to play defensive back. And, you know, you know a little bit of something about that. You were a quarterback, Chris, in, in high school at South Lake Carroll and, you know, led your, your team to a state championship in Texas. Um, you know, definitely one of the better athletes to have played kicker at, at Nebraska. And I wonder how much that helped you when, you know, you went out there as a freshman on the 1995 Nebraska team, you know, arguably the, one of the great, certainly one of the greatest teams in college football history. And, you know, you were surrounded by these amazing athletes, you know, tons of future NFL guys at all kinds of positions around you. Um, how did it benefit you as a competitor, um, you know, in, in, in moving this forward 24 years to, to Lane McCallum in making that kick? How did it benefit you as a competitor throughout your career to have had the experience coming into Nebraska doing a lot more than just kicking? You know, I, I think what it does is it gives you some it gives you perspective. So it's, it, it, you know, guys like for, for, my, for myself, uh, as you mentioned, you know, playing quarterback. 
um, you know, there's a different perspective on on the game and perspective on some of the challenges that some of my other teammates face, you know, your offensive linemen, your running backs, you know, your receivers and understanding kind of what what their role is and what they're trying to do on every play and seeing the sacrifices that they have to make, particularly like your offensive linemen. I mean, every play they're just getting their, you know, getting their brains beat in, mm-hmm. you know, for the sacrifice of the team. So I think it gives you perspective. Whereas if you're somebody who, you know, and I'm not knocking guys that just kick because, I mean, certainly there's been a lot of really great kickers out there that, that that's all they've done for their whole career. But if you've if that's all you've done, then you don't really have that perspective. You don't understand, again, kind of what everybody's role is and what what they're what they're trying to get done on any given play. And so I think when you when you get out there, you know, and you're you have a game winning kicker, you have a field goal attempt, uh, you may bring a little bit different, you know, again, perspective to it. Um, you know, you understand how important this is, and you understand, you know, the. The, the two guys up front, the guards and the tackles, you know, they're they're really, I mean, essentially putting their body in front yeah. of, a, you know, a, a moving Mack truck that's yeah. trying to block the kick. And you and you want to do your very best to try to be successful and and, and get points on the board. So I think also it, it helps you from a from a mental um, strength standpoint. I mean, I think mentally, you know, having to be able to um, go and execute a play and, and you're just your mental toughness, I think is just a little bit, it's a little bit different because of, because of your experience playing another position. Yeah. Um, I, you, uh, you, you attend all the Nebraska games, uh, season ticket holder. You told me before we started this, that you sit in the South end zone. So you had a good view of the game winner uh, on Saturday afternoon against Northwestern. What's the process like for you when you're watching a game? How, do you watch the kickers warm up? Do you do you keep an eye on other parts of the game? I mean, you're not well. It's been a few years, but you're, you're not that far removed <laughs> right, right. from from kicking in games yourself right. and playing in games yourself. What what's uh, what's it like for you to watch Nebraska these days? Well, I tell you, it's 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 exciting. Um, you know, with Scott being back, it's just it's been just awesome. Um, you know, I think for 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 a while there, it just it, it, what we were seeing on the field just wasn't Nebraska, and so finally we're starting to get back to you know the expectations and you know seeing seeing guys play with great effort, um, you know, and so for me it's great because you know I, my, our family goes to every game. I mean, my my oldest is a sophomore now, and you know we moved back in 2011. He has not missed a home game, so um, you know he's he's one of those rabid, crazy Husker fans and. Uh, in, in, in a period of time when, quite honestly, it's probably been the most disappointing period in Nebraska football history. Mm-hmm. But he's still such a crazy fan. And, and my, you know, my youngest is really getting into it as well. My daughter, you know, she loves going to the games as well. So we're creating this, you know, this, these experiences with our kids. And so for, for us, it's great. Um, you know, my boys are really into it. My oldest, you know, plays football at Westside High School. And then my youngest has just started playing this year. So we talk a lot more about just kind of the schemes and what, we're, what they're seeing um, you know, offensively, uh, and then certainly in the in the special teams game too. We we you know they'll ask questions about why are they doing this? What's what what's this formation? Um, so it's been fun to to be able to um, you know at least get to some games you know once a week and 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 still be involved in some way where I, I'm you know I'm not just completely forgetting everything that I've that I've learned in my in my football career. Yeah, Scott Frost was a teammate of yours in in '95, '96, '97. Um, and then almost had the chance to coach your brother, Drew, just missed him by, by one year um, before Scott came back from UCF and, and Drew left um, and graduated from Nebraska. 
Um, tell us before we finish here about the rest of your family. You mentioned your, your, your kids and I know your wife, Amy, you guys go to games, um, have the, uh, the Dunkin' Donuts, uh, um, franchises, but, uh, what, what's, uh, what about the rest of your family? You have a brother, um, of course, Drew, and then you have a, you have an, a younger brother who is a, a track star, correct? That's right. Reed is, uh, he's a junior this year. He, he runs track at the university of Oregon. Um, he's, it, the things he does is just, it's crazy. He's, uh, a distance runner, so he'll run uh, right now in the, in the fall that he does the cross country um, meets, and then in the spring he does their uh, distance uh, running. He'll do the the uh, 1600, um, and then he'll do the 3200 meter. So I mean, he you know the the amount of miles he runs in a week is just crazy. But um, yeah, he's he's um, he was uh, his last race his um, of his high school career. Uh, he broke the four minute mile, uh, ran like wow. 359, was the 10th person ever to do it in high school, uh, and was the fourth fastest time. And unbelievably, I, we, we were shocked to know that he was the first one from the state of Texas to ever break do it. So, uh, Oregon was kind of his dream school and, and with his caliber and, and what he was able to do in high school, uh, you know, it was a good fit. He loves it up there and he, he you know, he loves being part of that program. It'll be exciting to see what, what he can do these next couple of years. And we're hopeful that maybe uh, trying to trying to qualify for the Olympics will be something he's going to do here for 2020. Okay. Lots of athletes in the Brown family. Uh, uh, we heard about Reed, the track star. And of course, uh, Chris and Drew are the most prolific scoring tandem, brother tandem, family in the history of Nebraska football. Drew is, is number four all time on the Nebraska scoring list. So go buy some donuts and coffee from Chris Brown around uh, around parts of Omaha and Kansas City. And, and uh, thanks so much for, for joining us today. Thanks, Mitch. What does it take to make the NFL as a rookie? The Athletics NFL Draft experts Dane Brugler and Chris Burke bring you a year-round look at the NFL Draft, from how the current rookies are performing to current college names to watch for next year's class in prospects to pros. In their latest episode, Dane and Chris ponder which team is tanking hardest for Tua of the current winless clubs. Prospects to Pros releases new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on The Athletic, and make sure to click the follow button on the series show page for updates when new episodes release. Okay, Max, one update to that interview. I do want to mention that Matt Waldock, the club soccer player turned Nebraska place kicker, whom Chris and I discussed, is in fact traveling on Friday to Minnesota, and he may be Nebraska's kicker on Saturday. We just don't know from updates with Scott Frost on Thursday. Um, not a lot of clarity about what's going on with the kicker situation. If Lane McCallum, after that, um, that that floppy field goal remains as Nebraska's kicker heading into the second half of the season. I mean, look, how bad in your opinion in your opinion has this situation grown? How dire for Nebraska as it goes into a big road game are things with with the place kicker? So, so it's my understanding it's it's Matt Waldock, it's it's Lane McCallum and and Gabe Hines and maybe more is that right for this trip? Maybe and, and Isaac Armstrong. Yeah, maybe. Um, no word on Barrett Pickering. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I don't get the sense there's any change necessarily in his status or Dylan Jorgensen. Those two were walking out of practice on Wednesday. The last I saw them, not in pads. Uh-huh. So unless Nebraska is. Uh, is is messing with the media here? I, I don't know why you would when it comes to the you kicker. Know, it, it's they're it's not going. funny for a week like this. Like there's absolutely no benefit 
to bring a lot of kickers. I mean, you know, think about they're they're going to leave some some freshmen and some some players, some backups at home uh, to watch this game from their dorm room because Nebraska's got to carry a bunch of kickers for a road trip. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> that's, honestly, uh, that's far from ideal. Honestly, we'll see if McCallum's on this trip. I, I, I wouldn't. I would. Be, I'm more confident that Waldock is going to be on this trip based on what Frost said Thursday. Um, than I am that Lane McCallum, it, after after his heroics last week, will make this trip. And Gabe Hines, uh, another walk on who's been on the roster, um, you know, and hasn't been mentioned this year, has apparently jumped into the mix this week. So, <laughs> we, and, and so now you're, we're at a point where you know I think there will be a lot of investigative reporting going on Friday about which kickers are on the plane, which ones aren't. Right? <laughs> you're not going to get that this is what me. it's come to. Yeah, you're not going to get that from me. I mean, if you're if you're a loyal subscriber to the Athletic, I will report to you on Saturday during warmups immediately when the specialists go on the field, who's there and who's not. But I'm not staking out the team hotel to see which walk-on <laughs> kicker is there and which is not. That's okay, just good. uh-uh, not I'm, happening. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do Do you have some feeling about what what's going on with with quarterback after talking with uh, Scott Frost on Thursday? Yeah, um, I mean, I have more of a feeling. I'm, I'm, I'm more resolute in my in my belief that that has has been in existence since Saturday afternoon last week that Noah Vedral is going to make his first start as the Nebraska quarterback. I, you know, I, I don't see any reason to believe that Adrian Martinez has made a remarkable recovery. He has been at practice. I I, I do want to mm-hmm. report that. He was in pads on Wednesday and he was there again on Thursday for Nebraska. But you know, you're looking at at 5-6 days. I mean by the time we get to Saturday night, I guess, I guess it will have been a week, but Martinez needed to do some work for Nebraska in practice this week like with the offense in order for him to be in position to to make mm-hmm. this 7th start of the year. I I I just get the sense, and Mario Verduzco just about let it slip on Wednesday in talking with him that you know they're counting on Noah. Um, you heard from Greg yeah. Austin, the offensive line coach. You heard from Troy Walters. You know those guys haven't been quite as good at just the poker face as Scott Frost about this situation. And you know it looks like it's going to be Noah Vedral's day. So I, before we get into this, I, I want to ask you because I know this is one of your favorite things in the world. Um, what is the the pregame you know game forecast yes. as, as you've assessed it yes yes thank you now Nebraska will practice on Friday um, close to everyone to the media at, in Lincoln and it's going to be 35 degrees on Friday morning if you're listening to this on Friday morning in Lincoln or around okay. Lincoln it probably is 35 degrees I don't imagine. Uh, it's too nice. The sun is probably not going to be shining. So the Huskers are going to get a taste in Lincoln before they bo- board their their charter plane mm-hmm. up to Minneapolis of what the weather will be like at TCF Bank Stadium. I, there's a chance of snow. It, it's been snowing this week out in western Nebraska, uh, which is depressing. Um, in Colorado, it's it's <laughs> snowing here late this week and potentially yeah. some snow on tap in the Twin Cities on Saturday night. I kind of hope it snows. I, I just think that would be that would be fun to see on October 13th and uh and, and also happy that I would be in the press box and and not not taking any of that on my uh on my head as of as of yet early this fall. Yeah, so that's that's the thing. So you've got 
not, not only if we want to kind of go forward with the assumption that, that it's going to be Noah Vedral's game and you've got these elements, I, I guess my curiosity with this matchup um, is, is this the kind of week where you kind of crank up the, the option game, you know, the I formation, yeah. the double wing, but, but, but more importantly, do you do, does this coaching staff trust Noah Vedral uh, to go execute that because, um, you know, and look, this is a Gophers team that's okay against the run. They've only allowed five rushing touchdowns through four games. Um, it, this is a, something they've put in, 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 into their uh, toolbox here the last couple of weeks. And I'm, I'm curious to see, is this the kind of game you, you're, you're saving that for? But, but also, you know, can Vedral be the guy that you feel like, you know, he can run obviously. And he's, he's run this, you know, he's been around this staff for years. Um, Maybe this is the week that, that makes sense for that. I, I, I don't know. What do you think? You know what offense Noah Vedral ran in high school at Wahoo Newman, correct? I do don't. you know? Triple option. Triple option <laughs> for his grandfather, Tim Terman. We, we, we don't need to have a full history lesson here, but the Terman Vedral story, um, you know, you, you want to learn more about that. And if you want to learn more about that, go find my story um, that posted. Wednesday on the athletic site and app about Matt Terman, Noah Vedral's uncle, who quarterbacked Nebraska to a victory on the road against an undefeated conference foe in the only start of his career 25 years ago, Monday, October 15th, 1994. Monday is Noah Vedral's 21st birthday. However, that fits into the end of the entire thing. He was born four years to the date after Matt Terman's mm-hmm. big game. His uncle, Matt Terman's sister, is Noah Vedral's mother. So there, <laughs> there's some cosmic, some cosmic craziness going on with yes, October 15th. Yes, the universe is, is aligning in a certain way for this this weekend. It's I, aligning for you. Noah Vedral to run the triple option. Yeah, I think this is a this is a uh, or the double wing, whatever you want to call it. It's yeah. going to have a fullback sure. and an eye back. Um, I, I think that that Minnesota is there for the taking against Nebraska at the line of scrimmage. The Gophers have a big edge on Nebraska outside the hashes, especially when Minnesota's on offense. And Minnesota will have that advantage against every team or just about every team on its schedule that they don't play um, Ohio State or Michigan. Uh, so the, the, the Minnesota wide receivers are are um, are uh, they're they're quite a, a trio, and as good as there are, right. probably better than there are in on any other team in the Big Ten West. So Nebraska will want to shorten this game, which is just like the opposite strategy of what but, and, Nebraska and, and generally wants. To, to that point, I think that the weather is a disadvantage for Minnesota too. It is, you know, they, oh, they want it. It's the, an it's advantage one of their best for Nebraska. Is getting it to their their yeah. playmakers there. You yeah. know, the w- bad weather favors Nebraska in this game, and it seems like perhaps it is in it is a, a bit in the head of PJ Fleck. He he was having his team dip their hands in ice water and then work with with cold footballs. They drew the line at uh, at bringing the snow machine out onto the the practice field, according to uh, reports out of out of Minneapolis this week. <laughs> Scott Frost is mm-hmm. not having any of that. They're not Nebraska's not doing any of that, and it's it's a uh, it's an interesting contrast in styles and coaches and and programs here between Nebraska and Minnesota. So let's get to some predictions for this game. We. Um, we have you were you were wrong last week, I believe, in predicting that Nebraska <laughs> would lose to Northwestern. Um, we we we, did predict, we predicted overtime, and it almost happened. And um, we are still we're still sitting oh, in a we, situation. Were we gonna like uh, we picked the same score, didn't we? So we're gonna we're gonna. I don't I owe you something. 
Yeah, you do. What? What? We're gonna go. We're gonna. We're gonna go back and check the tape to see what you owe me. Do you remember? I think we said like a trip to the mill or something. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's I right. Owe you a cup of that's coffee. right. Coffee. There you go. Okay, we're doing it. There you go. We're doing it next week on on Monday. How about right. Monday? We do it. It's a, it's a bye week, but we're gonna be working, and you're buying yeah. me some coffee. Yeah, so that'll work. All right. That'll prediction. Work. Prediction for this Saturday. What's gonna happen Saturday night? So I have a trivia question for you before I, before I give you my. How many games has Scott Frost coached in Nebraska uh, where they did not turn the ball over once? One. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We just watched it <laughs> last week um, yeah. against Northwestern. So I think the big question, I think, with this one, especially with Noah Vedral leading the way, is can they do that again? You know, and, they, and they've not won a game under Frost in which they did not force any turnovers either. So I think that's okay. the difference that's maker, good. just as it was a week ago. Um I'm going to I'm going to take Minnesota like 10 to 7 like with the oh caveat goodness. that I that you know that it snows as bad as as we think it could okay I'm 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 expecting like a little bit of chaos you know we saw a 9-6 game last year I'm that I'm thinking along those lines I I think on the Minnesota side you know Fleck they really play this up as a big revenge game after after last year's blowout yeah. um they've won 9 and 11 9 of 11 since then um and 7 in a row dating back to last year um, I think this game's a big deal to Minnesota, and uh, you know you can't you can't call it a trap game when it's a conference road game against an undefeated team, but it kind of feels like it. And and you know this with, with without Martinez, I think it's kind of a survive and advance game. Like you got to throw out all expectations and you know, just kind of scrap and claw to try to try to steal this road win. Uh, I'll take Minnesota in a in a very low scoring game, and um, I so so I think probably you'll you'll have a clear field and a lot of points. I, I could be completely wrong. Yeah, Minnesota has not been 6 and 0 since 2003 has a chance to get there and the Gophers uh amazingly if 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 they get a win here they are at Rutgers and then Maryland at home and then a bye and then week 11 Minnesota could be sitting 8 and 0 with Penn State visiting Minneapolis. I, I think that that being out there on the table for Minnesota, while you're not looking ahead, if if you're the Gophers, that, that's gonna that's gonna get the fans into it. I think it's gonna be a pretty right. live, uh, raucous, un Minnesota like environment on Saturday night. And I also am going with the Gophers to get the win here. I, I'll say 20 to 13, 20 to 13, okay. with a missed extra point for Nebraska. Um, oh, we're gonna get into uh, predicting. Um, kicking, kicking scenarios from <laughs> for the rest of the season. It must, it must be accounted this. for every week in some yes, way. You're missed right. A, missed extra point. So that's uh, that's the show for this week. Please join us again on Monday. As we mentioned, it will be a bye week for Nebraska, but we're still making podcast. A bonus episode for subscribers to the Athletic that you can find on the Athletic website and app in the podcast sections and in your Nebraska football feed. Please subscribe and download our shows, and thanks for listening.